Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and we're getting an update from Olga today. So we talked back in May, and she had a goal of getting more traffic to her site and growing her business, which is fairly generic, but she had some specific goals. And we're going we're gonna to go through it. It's been a fairly eventful summer, so we're going to hear about the work that she was able to accomplish some of the results as well, and then what's coming up. So Olga, how's it going today? Hi, Doug. It's going uh, okay. I am pretty excited. I'm very happy to talk to, talk to you about what, what's been happening because a lot, a lot has been happening recently. Awesome. So yeah, before we get into the, the business part of this, uh, what, what's new with you? What did you do over the summer? Any trips or anything interesting? Or have you just been working a bunch? Uh, to be honest, uh, I don't have, I, I haven't uh, been on vacation for a very long time because, like, I have been having so so much work, and uh, also I am uh, finishing building the house, which is taking a ton of my time. So uh, I hope my vacation will finally happen in October, maybe December, once I move to the new house and I have my own studio and like. I will start to live a normal life. So nothing, nothing other than work and uh, standard running and sports and sure. a bunch of surgeries because uh, this this year was crazy. I had to have a surgery with, of my, uh, of my elbow and stuff like that. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I hope everything's healing up okay, and people will get upset if I don't ask you about the pigeon. How's the pigeon doing? Uh, any the news? I forget uh, his or her name. Uh, so it's it's Gerard Gerald uh, in in English. He's doing great. I had to close him uh, on on the balcony because I'm not sure if he's going to behave. But uh, he had the chance to fly uh, away and he didn't. He doesn't want to leave. So he's like he he keeps keeps coming back. Whenever I throw him out of the window, he keeps coming back. So he's a uh, like 100% my SEO assistant right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you you like tried to release him and then yes. he, he oh, comes wanted, back yes he once uh, by accident i i, I left uh, open uh, uh, the, the window open and i i was away and i got, got back home and he wasn't there so i thought oh it's over he, he 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 escaped but i think after seven hours he came back and since that since since then he never really uh, re really went anywhere other than maybe like I don't know he was like walking on the on my balcony on on the on the on the verge of my balcony so that's all he's doing now now even if I throw him he 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 comes back he just flies around and comes back so yeah <laughs> for the people that didn't catch the first interview you have uh, what I think we can call like a rescue pigeon where you, yes. he was an, he was an orphan. You nursed him back to health. I imagine you fed him with a bottle yes. or something like that. Yeah. He was very small. Yeah. Okay. Do you, what do young uh, pigeons eat? I, I was imagining a bottle with milk, but I don't think, um, I don't no, think birds it, drink milk. Yeah, I had to grind uh, different types of seeds uh, with some vitamins, and I was basically had to open his beak and put it there. And yeah, and okay. this is how I was feeding him for I think two or three months, and after uh, maybe maybe less two months, and then he started to eat on his own. <laughs> okay, so like a real mama bird, you yeah. Spit it right into his <laughs> mouth. Okay. I think we, anything else about the pigeon before we move on? 
I think yeah, we may invite him at the end of the show. I will open, and he will he will come here. But now I I, well, I, I I'm not sure if he's going to be to be polite and like uh, calm. He 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 likes to show himself a lot. So, <laughs> and the the funny thing is, I have like ten more questions about the pigeon, but I know we should probably move on here. Okay, so. You had a lot of a lot of things on your list to do over the summer. It sounds like you've been tremendously busy. So, can you give us an update on what you accomplished and some of the results as well? Sure. So, uh, starting in May, I think uh, I decided to get back to writing regularly and adding new content to my website. And <clears throat> I did some uh, some keyword research. I was looking for frequently asked questions, and uh, people also asked question about questions about SEO because I thought that I would record short videos answering those questions and also. Uh, add those videos to my new YouTube channel and at the same time create short articles that would answer those questions and would have those uh, those uh, videos embedded. And uh, I managed to record, I think, 50, but uh, I am still, I still, I think, uploaded only 20. And there are, so I added like 20 of those articles and uploaded 20 of those videos to my YouTube. And this is quite interesting because some of those uh, questions uh, like almost immediately ranked. And even if I type some of those questions, sometimes both my video and my article appear like on top or almost on top. So, so regarding this, it's okay, but uh, the amount of work I've been having, unfortunately slowed me down. So I, I have like those, those, uh, those recordings, but I still have to like review them. Uh, prepare them, publish them. So, so, so with that, I am a bit delayed, but uh, I'm getting some traffic from that. So that's okay. I also, I think, uh, created around five or seven, if I'm if I'm correct, in-depth longer articles, uh, which I shared on Twitter in my newsletter. So I got uh, a lot of traffic to those articles, uh, including from Google Discover, because. When we were talking uh, in May, Google Discover was basically dead. It, it looks like it's coming back. I also did a thing which I, I think many SEOs would would say it is. It was a stupid thing, but I was restructuring my site. I added like the new section with with my services because people were were writing to me and they didn't really know what I'm offering. So I kind of restructured that. I created like the entire. Uh, section with the slash with services and uh, doing that I also decided to add a, the, the slug uh, blog to all my blog posts and I didn't have have that before so that of course included like adding redirects and basically all my um, URLs of my blog posts changed but I did that on purpose because I wanted Google to kind of recrawl refresh and uh, I didn't lose any rankings at least uh, as of now and uh, I'm not sure if that's the reason, but a lot of old articles went uh, back to Google Discover, uh, even the articles that weren't in Google Discover before. So this kind of improved a bit. Also, I managed to, because I have uh, around 80, 80 something articles on my blog, I managed to update 
around uh, 50 something of them so i think this 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 took me the the, the longest uh, longest amount of time because like sometimes it's like 15 minutes but sometimes it's three hours because i was talking a lot about for example core vitals google page experience and some things changed there so i needed to like change the things i was i was talking about in 2020 i also changed uh, the dates of those articles i know that google like knows the real uh, publication date but i on purpose changed some of them uh i'm not sure if this is now removed but i was playing with removing the publication date entirely and just leaving the last updated date but i'm not sure what's now because i was like ch changing it changing it back and back and forth so this is what i did for for the site and at the same time i uh, i can say i started from scratch my youtube channel because I almost had no content there. So I added a lot of short videos. I also shut down my SEO Slide Pro module, which I, which was supposed to, to teach people about, which was teaching people about uh, doing SEO audits. I shut it down and edit uh, uh, and published all those videos uh, on YouTube. They are now available for free because um, this, this uh, module is going to be replaced by something bigger. Uh, which is going to be an in-depth, longer kind of course uh, around SEO audits. So uh, that's what I would say. I also managed to grow my uh, newsletter a bit. Uh, I am getting close to four thousand subscribers, which is which is I think a good improvement because bef when we last talked, I think I was I didn't even have three three thousand. So this is like a nice improvement with that and is there something else i also managed to grow my twitter i would say maybe i didn't grow it it kind of grew organically <laughs> okay cool yeah it sounds like you've been pretty busy there and in a very bad interview format one thing i just realized is if people didn't listen to the other interview at all. We didn't help them understand what your site is exactly or who yes. you are. So can you just talk a little bit about your site? Um, just, you know, 90 seconds or so just sure. to get people up to speed. So it's not a typical niche site. So what's your site all about and what's it called? Sure. So, so I am a, an, an SEO consultant and my site is basically the place where I talk about SEO. And this is called SEO Sly. I started it two years ago. Because I've been, uh, I have been in the SEO industry around 10, 11 years. And uh, in 2020, during the pandemic, I decided to, to create my blog where I would talk about SEO and share my knowledge. I'm not, I'm not sure why I did it so late, but yeah, I keep asking myself. So this is where I started sharing, sharing guides, in-depth guides, long guides. And like, and this, uh, my site kind of uh, relatively quickly started to get some traction after I think six month, months, it was starting to get some nice, nice traffic, uh, people, SEOs, like the famous ones uh, who I, w I had been following for, for forever, started to share and kind of the, the, the ball started to roll. So I didn't really, experience any sandbox i didn't like buy this domain uh, from some auction so I, this domain was simply like uh, free uh, it was registered before but it didn't have any like links so it was practically a new domain and uh, 
and yeah, I, I kind of skipped the sandbox, I would say, in this way. Yep. Cool. And I think, yeah, that's a great summary. I was looking something up the day that we're recording this is like the week that the helpful up or helpful content update is coming out. And I hopped over to, to, I can't remember. It was like search engine journal or search engine land when it, I feel like they all just kind of blend in as <laughs> the same site for sure. me, but I saw you, you published an article out there. So you, yeah. you're, you're making the rounds as like an expert and you have been for a while, but the site's a couple years old now, but you really got started quickly you didn't even have like a huge number of contacts. As far as I know, you just started consistently publishing like long form, really in-depth nerdy content for SEOs. And then, I mean, it, it caught a lot of traction quickly. Yes. Kind of, I was, I was doing, of, of course, my, my articles way were based on keyword research, but I was trying to really uh, beat the, those topics to death and they actually started to rank and this way, other SEOs found them and then start, started to share them. And, and I started to acquire like totally organic links. So I, I think maybe, maybe probably links also had a lot, uh, had a lot, uh, contributed a lot uh, to, to this situation and helped me grow uh, more quickly. Just want to take a quick break to thank Ezoic, sponsor of this show. You should check out their product Leap that helps your website load faster and get green and core web vitals. Makes it very simple and straightforward. You can also join Ezoic with no page view minimums, which is great. There's other products in there. You may have heard me talk about how great the big data analytics are for identifying the pages that help you earn the most and the pages that are not earning as much. And you could get started with that right away. Like I said, before you even have much traffic on your website. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and let's get back to the interview. Cool. And you talked about working a lot. Can you share about how many hours per week if you have to estimate or if you can estimate how much you've been working? To be honest, uh, uh, a ton, I would say Usually I get up at 5, 6 a.m. and I work until 8, 7 p.m. So I take a break. Uh, I used to take a break for, for running, but uh, I, I had those surgeries, so I had a break and a month break. So during this month, I basically only worked. Of course, uh, I didn't spend all that time on my blog. Uh, I, I had like an hour or two daily for my blog the rest was like client work other work like seo actual seo work so so it was like definitely too much but uh, this is like i am in that i would say place now where i need to like work so much but this is definitely going to change in in, in a month or two so i also worked including uh, on on, uh, on over the weekends so yeah, I, I had a totally free day on Saturday last week where I ran a half marathon. So that was like an, a cool experience. I fin finally uh, ran a half marathon after those surgeries. So cool. I work too much and I don't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know when you're in like the growth stage, like you kind of have to and you stop, you, you don't have like a 
like a corporate job, like you stop doing any non, um, yeah, non-client I, work, right? So I, I gave up, uh, I had, I had the, so I was, I'm, st- I'm a consultant to, to a company. Uh, before, uh, w- last time we spoke, I was that consultant to two companies. And one of those companies was my former, uh, the agency I, I was working for like for seven years, but I, I had to like finally make a choice choice and I gave that up. So now I am like only advising. I am a consultant for one company. And other than that, I have my own clients. So like SEO consulting, I would say one had almost, almost 100%. Okay. And then, so part of this is uh, coaching. So I want to let people know. So I'm going to ask a couple questions and we'll, it'll blend back and forth where we hear results. And then I'll, I'll give some advice and I'm supposed to. So sometimes people hear me give advice and they're like, dude, <laughs> let, let people make their own decisions. But you asked, you asked me to do this. So just to make it clear, yes. you mentioned, all right, you're working a lot of hours you have built a very good pipeline for new clients. You have a, a big email list for the industry. You're getting a pretty good amount of traffic, which we'll talk about some of the results you've seen from all the work that you've done. Your prices are at a certain point and you have a high demand and limited time. You don't have any other people working for you as far as I know, right? So it's just There you. is like one more person, yes. One more, okay. My husband is also an SEO. So there are the two of us, yes. Okay. So (laughs) a little bit extra bandwidth, but basically where have the prices gone? Have you continually raised them as demand has gone up? Are you at a spot where you need to be charging more? Have you thought about this? That's, That's a good question. To be honest, I haven't really uh, i i don't think i i i i did, i ra- rose my uh, uh, my prices very much maybe a little bit but that maybe uh, the hourly prices yes they definitely went up but when it comes to auditing this is like stayed pretty much the same because i think that from from the start i i was charging probably more than a lot of people i know it's not it's not difficult to find uh, an auditor on Fiverr who who would do an audit for like I don't know fifty bucks, but uh, that's why I kind of started uh, immediately from higher prices. But but I think yes, I am at I am now at this point that I would have to like uh, maybe not double but but increase them because my time capacity is very very low at the moment. <laughs> So yeah, I would love to see that. I, I was going to say, you know, at least a 50% increase, but doubling would be great. And what will happen hopefully is some people are going to say, no, that's, that is too far beyond my budget. Maybe you have a, a peer somewhere and you could say, hey, you know what? I know someone who uh, they have bandwidth, they charge a cheaper price, but it's not a good fit for us. And then you could just work with the, you know, the highest paying clients. I mean, that is, you know, one of the ways you can scale uh, uh, agency type work or freelance type work is just raise your price. And because you put in so much time and you have the credentials and references and you've been cited in many other places, you do have the reputation where you can charge more and just say, this is my price and 
like no hard feelings, but this is the budget that I work with. So if it works, let's do it. If not, and then people will say no. So it'll feel bad that there's, um, do you like the rejection, but really you're rejecting them is the way to think yeah. about it. Yes. 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 I would say that's one in, I would say one in maybe out of five people, two or one, uh, is able to afford my prices. So I'm kind of doing that already because okay. usually they expect like uh, two or three times less. So, and I am saying that I, unfortunately I cannot like do it for, for a cheaper price because this is like, this is, this is what it co costs for me to do it. And right. I, I can do it. Perfect. So yeah, definitely something to experiment with, um, as new leads come in and you're pretty much, you know, you're at capacity. It sounds like anyway, actually you're beyond capacity, the amount of work that you said, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, how, how has it been not being able to work out? Cause I like it, you're pretty it was, active. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. It was very bad because I've been like running for 15 years and I don't remember I had like a break longer than maybe, I don't know, two days. Usually I couldn't like even, even sit still for two days. And this time I was sitting still for uh, 30 days. So it was my absolute personal record for how long I wasn't doing anything. So uh, the first two weeks, I would say they weren't very difficult because I wasn't feeling okay because I, I had both, because I had like one surgery, um, one surgery and the week after that I had the second surgery. So one was about the nose, the other one about, about the elbow. So I wasn't feeling okay. I was only like able to work a bit and watch. I was binge watching SEO, to be honest, so like <laughs> for the first two or three days, I was like only watching, 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 reading. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I, it's, it's normal, but after two, I think two weeks, it, it became kind of, yeah, I was like feeling so my, my, my back started to hurt, like things that, that weren't like hurting started to hurt. So uh, so I started to walk a lot. So I was walking, 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 walking. And then I think after a month, I, I before I, I went to my doctor, uh, I, I, I decided like I need to try running and see what happens. And it was, it was okay. Even though my stamina, stamina like went down like crazy. Yeah. So I, I ran a half, mar half marathon like last Saturday and my time was almost half hour worse than it, oh, wow. it was when I was like at my peak. So. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, I thought you were going to tell me about a new show that I need to watch. And I was like, oh, great. Is there something But SEO videos? I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to binge on that, but that's rough. I, I couldn't imagine. I, I don't run uh, very much anymore, but just like doing some activity. So yeah, I was hoping you were able to walk like once you got um, a little bit healthier and recovered a little bit. So that's good. Walking with my dog. Yeah. Saved me. <laughs> cool. Okay. So back on track, um, you, you probably should raise some prices. It sounds like you're already like at a pretty high level, but you may play around with it and just see what happens, especially as you're, like moving forward with some other projects. So let's talk about some of the results. You did quite a bit of work, um, maybe not as many of the short form SEO questions. I think your initial target was something about 
two hundred or so, and you did about sixty yeah. or fifty. So I or have so. a plan for two hundred, but yeah. But right. <laughs> well, they're they're always going to be there <laughs> for yeah. you. So they're, they're waiting in the spreadsheet for me. Yes, and I recorded like twenty five percent. That's but yeah, published like half of that. So <laughs> cool. Okay, so what kind of traffic did you see? Um, and you were getting some traffic from Google Discover in the past. And I know that was, you know, part of your goal. So tell us about yeah. the results. So let me, let me quickly check. So when we we're talking, uh, Google Discover was basically dead. So starting in, uh, I would say 2021, uh, Google Discover basically disappeared uh, because like, uh, I think around October last last year, I start I, I I took a break break from publishing, or I was just publishing very rarely. So it went away. When I started to got back to publishing, it started to reappear, and I would say I was getting around uh, around one hundred, maybe less uh, clicks per per day. Then, uh, but at at, it, at its peak, I was getting even sometimes. Let me check, even two two thousand. So uh, it's it's a huge difference. So, but then in I would say June, I was getting around uh, two hundred. Uh, then in July, uh, four hundred. That there were a few peak days um, at the at the at the beginning of uh, August, and in August when when I got more than one uh, one thousand. So. But it's kind of like going up and down. But but it it got back. So and the new articles that weren't in in uh, Google Discover started to appear there. So so I would say that that's that's okay. It's kind of happening. Cool. And and just to be clear, so that's the number of visitors per day from yeah. Google Discover per day. Right. Yes. That's and for correct. the the people that don't know, can you describe uh, Google Discover like how? People are just totally unfamiliar with it. Sure. So uh, if you have an iPhone, you need to have a Google, I think, Google app. In, if, if you open this Google app, it's kind of suggesting you articles you may read based on your interests. So this is like Google telling you what you should read. Uh, on an Android, I think you need to swipe left, right, and it's kind of their automatic built-in. So I'm using iPhone, so I need to like just go there and, and then I see it. So... This is like, uh, I would say, a new form of SEO. I'm not sure if we can call it SEO because there it's, uh, it's simply based on what Google thinks you like. You like. So I okay. also noticed my site in my Google Discover feed <laughs> a bunch of times. So that's funny. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. And it's just like a feed. So if people are like, hey, what's going on? It's like their news feed, sort of something like that. All yes. right. Very good. And... Are you, do you have any uh, knowledge about your email list growth and where the traffic is coming from for most of that growth? Is it from Discover, from YouTube videos? Is it just organic SEO, maybe a few of your primary mm -hmm. posts or something like that? To be honest, uh I would say that most of it is coming like from from the uh, from the sign up forms on my on my site. A huge difference I think it made when I uh, added a pop up because I wasn't using any pop up. I added it in I don't know three weeks ago uh, and it actually like changed a lot. I was I didn't want to do that, but I 
I, but I built a pop-up that's not very intrusive, it's small, you can minimize it, and it looks like it's doing its job. I also added like manually, uh, a manual, I manually inserted this box with, uh, with a sign up for newsletter into the most popular blog posts. So I think it's, I'm getting uh, some, uh, some traction from, from there as well. Okay. So yeah, the, the growth was relatively okay. Like one third uh, growth in three months. And I started the newsletter in 2021, I think. January 2021 so like the growth is is now quite quite okay very good very good I know yeah with the pop-ups I it, it always makes your signups go up I took them off of my site for a couple reasons one just technologically I was like I don't want to pay for that service anymore and I don't care that much and then what I realized is without a pop-up, the quality of the email subscriber is higher because they because they what I wanted to. Yeah, so yes. the open rates are higher. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my open. Yeah, this is exactly because I remember you were you were telling me this and my open rates before the pop up and before uh, uh, before double double confirmation because I also removed that so. Before that, my open rate was 35, 39 even. Now it's around 20 something, 25. So it, it, it went down. <laughs> yep. And like it's, you were saying. It's, a, it's an interesting trade-off. And I, I tried this and experimented for a couple of years. And basically, it's exactly what you said. And there's, you know, there's some uh, logic. There's an argument that, you know, get everybody on the list that you can someone may actually become a customer they may they might open that one email blah 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 and then you can have a bigger email list and all that kind of stuff and i just at some point i was like they're not they're not opening the email like they may as well not have signed up they just signed up for the lead magnet or whatever mm -hmm. and then it's just a waste so i just decided to go the other route where i i only want people that are really interested and mm -hmm. they take the effort to, but I mean, that's great that you figured it out, test it and see what works for you. So, okay. I'm thinking simply, simply about like cleaning my, my, my list a bit in, in some time when I, because I, I can just remove the people who never opened any email, something like that. So, but I also heard that th those start, stats are not necessarily okay. That I heard someone say that they had people that they had stats that this this person never opened their email and they wrote to them and they said that they are always opening their email. So yeah. uh, I think I will have to figure this out, not to kind of do more harm than good right. to myself. No, that that is a great point. Also, the the click throughs are usually tracked pretty well, but the opens are not very accurate. Some people turn off the tracking pixel in whatever their email client is. So then the stats are off. So what, again, it's just another trade off. So you can clean the list in a, like the best way that you can and maybe only look at the people that didn't click and then, you know, keep, mm -hmm. So basically the, the 
people that are really interested. And the thing is, if someone always opens the email, but they never click it, like how valuable are they? It depends on what's in the email, but typically you need someone to click and go somewhere else to make a purchase or sign up or whatever. And, you know, everyone's business is different, but I, again, arrived at, I'm usually just looking for the simplest thing, not that most optimized. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to clean the list. And if they really want to get back on the list, they can sign up again. Occasionally, I'll send an email, not often, maybe once a year, where I say, hey, if you want to stay on the list, just click click this so I know to keep you on the list. But yeah, I mean, there's so many people in the world that I'm like, if one person signs up and they don't read the emails and they never sign up for the list or something, then I'm like, I'm not going to worry about it. Or unfortunately, if someone signs up and it looks like they never click on one of the one of the links, then I'll probably remove them anyway. And again, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in the world, so I'm not that worried about it. Just one person on the list, but I don't know. Great point. Yeah. Any, any of the solutions are fine. None of them are perfect. So, okay. Let's move on a little bit. You had, um, a little bit of a, we'll just say an issue with some trademark and intellectual property. Can you describe the situation and let us know where it's at right now? So uh, the situation was a bit, I would say, harmful because I discovered that my uh, my content, uh, my blog post, which was very, which is very, very long, like twenty k words, was basically turned into a book and was uh, being sold on Amazon. So it kind of was. I would I I wouldn't say it was a very nice situation, but uh, it finally uh, got resolved. And the lesson I learned from that is that if you are publishing a lot of content and you are giving this content for free, or even if you aren't, you should hire a lawyer and this lawyer should help you like uh, copyright all your blog posts or your blog. And if you, if, and you can also like um, register the trademark. So I am now in the process of doing that. Uh, the lawyer filed uh, for the registration of SEO Sly trademark and once I'm done with uh, updating the content uh, on my site, all of the blog posts will be also like copyrighted. So if someone steals my content, takes my content in the future, then I will be like uh, totally protected. So I recommend everyone to do it, to do this because yeah, I, I didn't really think about this before and yeah. And, okay. and they say that someone sooner or later will will have a, such a situ- such a situation so yeah and so i'm not a i'm not a lawyer but i i'm i think when you publish it like technically there's an implicit copyright but you're saying you know take it one step further and cop- copyright the blog so i don't i actually haven't heard of that is that just through the trademark and registration of the name SEO Sly, or is no, it this a, an additional? Different. Yeah, okay. different. So yes, you you have this like kind of auto copy something like that, especially in in in, in Europe. But uh, even though I'm based in Europe, uh, kind of my all audience is basically in in the US. In the US, I get that, but it's not like uh, I can do much except for uh, having people remove their content. So Amazon. Uh, remove that book uh, but other than that uh, nothing really happens so um, 
if I if you copyright, this is a, a separate process. You simply copyright uh, copyright. Uh, each piece of content you have, you can copyright your entire blog, and then you are entitled entitled to a lot of, I think, dam damages if someone does that on purpose and monetizes that content. And trademark registration is like a separate thing that uh, that uh, people won't be able to use your your name, your 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 trademark name in their content or use your content that contains that that that, that name. So. This is like two separate things. I, I also had no idea about that. So. Okay. So the big advantage is like you'd be entitled to damages. So if you had the blog or even that one blog post trademark or sorry, copy, the copyright was registered in some capacity, then you could have filed a lawsuit and then the person would basically have no, um, no recourse, right? Yes, 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 exactly. Got it. Yeah, that doesn't sound very fun. So it's it's roughly resolved at this point. You you could just move on. Yes, yes, I think yeah, kind of. Uh, I I received a, a private apology, so I, I think yeah, I'm moving on. I I don't want I I don't want to like keep this negativity going. So I moved on. I'm now I I learned a lesson to protect my work and keep doing what I'm doing. I had a like. A moment when I lost my motivation a bit to do what I'm doing, but it kind of refilled very quickly because I got a ton of support from from the SEO community, like a ton, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, and I think you know, there's always like jerks in various industries, so uh, they'll they'll pop up occasionally. But it's good that it's resolved, and you yes. just move on. All right. Exactly. So, anything else related to that before we move on? No, I think yeah, that that's all. Okay. So, in the sort of pre-interview, you mentioned some upcoming projects that you're interested in, and I think it's probably a good time to talk about like where you're spending your time, maybe the work you're going to be doing in the next quarter, and more importantly, like the next year or so. So what's kind of on your horizon? What are you interested in? Any concerns around those ideas? Yes. So so now, now I am like doing mostly uh, SEO consulting and my uh, and, uh, and and working on my blog. And moving forward, uh, I want to like a bit change that. I want to, of course, do my SEO consulting, but I will also want to work on uh, on, on on projects such as I want to create uh, my SEO course, which I, I think I already mentioned, a course all around doing SEO audits. I also want to uh, start an SEO podcast. I planned to uh, start it, to launch it in September. We'll see if I manage to do that. And on top of that, people like a uh, wonderful SEO community were encouraging me uh, to publish my own SEO book about a uh, book about SEO audits, which I started doing, but it's like two, uh, it's like three huge projects and I need to somehow still do the client work, the consulting work. So I hope I will be able to like uh, free maybe 50% of my time and starting in September, October, like spend 50% of my time on those things. But uh, I'm not sure if I managed to do that all of three this year. I would love that. We'll see how it goes. So um, my, my kind of um, concerns is whether I should be doing that, for example, on one platform 
I was doing some re research regarding what course platforms I should be using. I remember you, you mentioned Kajabi and I noticed they also allow uh, SEO, uh, uh, allow you to host an SEO podcast, podcasts. They also have email list. Now I'm using MailChimp, so maybe I could like have more things in just one bucket. It would be easier that right. way. So. And there's a strong chance, you know, depending on like what the tech stack would be um, with separate services, there's a good chance Kajabi will be cheaper, even though if you just look at it as one of those services, mm -hmm. it'll be more expensive. But if you put them all together, it's usually cheaper for even like the, the more expensive, um, what word am I looking for? The more expensive package. So mm -hmm. I have, I think like the middle tier and I honestly can't remember how much I pay like monthly, but I usually pay annually because you get a little discount and it's like $2,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So relatively um, competitively priced for, you know, email, podcast hosting, uh, the course hosting with uh, courses or products you can have, I think with the plan I have like 15 different products. So you can have, you know, your big course, you can have small, uh, even free courses as like little lead magnets to bring people in, to get them into the ecosystem. But, you know, if you, if you're on MailChimp right now, it's fairly straightforward to migrate that list over. You can export. It takes a, a little time, like, like everything, there's going to be some migration headaches, but it's roughly manageable. And if you budget enough time and clear your schedule when the things come up you can fix them and you know it's nothing wrong with either mailchimp or kajabi but anytime there's a, a migration there's going to be some little thing that needs to be set up or doesn't translate in the same way um, but i would definitely take a look at that of course you could go to like teachable and just do the platform there but i would definitely take a look and uh, like many things, I'm an affiliate for Kajabi, but I, I do use the product and, you know, it's not for everyone, but if you're doing what you're talking about, having everything in one spot is great. And then it's very, it's very clean. There's no integrations you have to set up with Zapier or anything like that. And I think they even have a coaching section and oh. a little bit of a community as well. So, I mean, it really does the job of many other tools. Mm -hmm. Of course, the trade-off is it's not best in class for a number of the things. I think it's pretty good with its funnel design and email marketing in the courses. The other pieces I don't have experience with, but I know mm -hmm. of like everything, there's limitations, especially if you go with an all-in-one package, it's uh, it's filled with trade-offs, but the advantage is it's all in one place, and mm -hmm. the integrations work. Where you know okay. other integrations will break occasionally. So sure, good to know. And so you have like yeah, three major areas plus all the client work. Is there one of them that you are like more excited about than the others? Hmm, that's right a good now. question. I would say probably SEO podcast because I already kind of have my microphone and uh, I think it takes less work than video. But on the other hand, I'm also thinking, 
whether maybe I should be recording videos, putting them on YouTube and uh, releasing them at, post at podcasts as you, you are doing, I think. So this is another thing I'm not sure. Doing just podcast would be easier. I wouldn't have to like pu put my makeup and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But on the other hand, then I would like be able to produce new content on two platforms instead of just one. So yeah, sure. I think podcasts. Okay. That would be, you know, that would be my vote as well. And once you get moving a little bit, you're, it's much easier. So once you get some of the mechanics out of the way, it's a, it's a lot easier to just keep creating these videos and, and podcasts. And I would recommend, you know, even though it might look a little, uh, the quality might be lower than you hope for, for the video in certain ways, it doesn't matter that much. I mean, honestly, on the, on the YouTube side, audio is probably a little more important than the video. It's, it's very mm -hmm. odd because it is a video platform, but if people can't hear you well, or there's some weird noise or something like that, people will, they, they won't listen. I know I'm, I'm the same way and I'll just bounce from the video, but the video can be grainy. It can be too dark, but if people can hear you and they are interested in what you're mm -hmm. talking about, of course, then they'll check it out. The, yeah, the book, it's interesting. I think the book in the course, it's, a lot of the same content or will be a lot of the same content, right? Yes, yes, yes. Just repurposed in a different format, different context. Um, yes. And in video, uh, in, in, in the course, uh, I think there would be videos and uh, in the book, I would uh, just, because uh, people suggested that I simply uh, publish the, the in-depth uh, guide I have already on my side, but I thought that maybe I, I would like to like write more. So I will use that as a kind of starting point, but I definitely want to add more to that than there is already on the site. So this will be like, I think a bit of writing for me. <laughs> sure. For the course, I think it's pretty clear the goal would be to earn some money um, and monetize in a very scalable way. The podcast uh, that potentially could be the top end funnel you're sharing knowledge. There's a lot of uh, benefits to have a podcast. For the book, what's your goal on that? I would say to be an author uh, in the eyes of Google. Uh, I know people are doing that to get uh, to get the knowledge panel. I think I, I'm the knowledge. I'm having this knowledge panel sprout. So Google is kind of starting to. I, I may be able to claim that knowledge panel in, in some time. I haven't checked that recently, but uh, I was thinking like about this uh, in terms of authority, not necessarily maybe huge sales, that depends. To be honest, I wasn't thinking about that in terms of monetization, but maybe there, there is some potential as well. What's the knowledge panel? It's uh, this card you see on Google if you type someone's name and on the right side you see like their picture and what they do. This is basically knowledge panel, which means Google recognizes that person, their name and, and that they're an authority in some in some in some area. So I know that SEOs are writing books to get knowledge panel. So, okay. <laughs> so kind of yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And is there like is that one of the main things to have like a book and then a lot of references all over 
the web. Is that the main yes. idea? Yes. And then I post it on Google Books as well. And it kind of helps me overall uh, with EAT, those authority signals kind of. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So, and I would say, you know, you, you mentioned the podcast being like one of your higher interest levels. So I would lean into that. And the great thing is you can do all this stuff and more, but you can't do it all at one time. So I would probably, you know, some homework for you would be kind of map out maybe each one of the projects individually and look at what time you think you're going to have this year. I would say it'd be great if you can launch the podcast in whatever the next month or so and work on that for, you know, give yourself plenty of time, even a quarter. And then mm -hmm. if you find that you do have more time than you expected, then you can start the process on the next piece and then go, you know, same, same deal, you know, give yourself plenty of time to work on it. What I would encourage you to do, cause you, you mentioned like you're working a ton. I would encourage you not to fill the time that you just got used to working whatever, 80 hours a week or more, figure out like the right amount and then scale down to that point. It's very easy to just keep working and working. And you're like, oh, well, the, I finished work on these clients. I'm going to go ahead and fill that time automatically. And then you're just, you're just making yourself too busy for like too much time. If you have yeah. to, I understand that. But if you, if you do have the flexibility to not do it, you'll, you'll get more rest and you'll feel better. And like when you, when you are working, you'll work faster and smarter and have better ideas. Yeah. So I was thinking like, uh, aiming at six hours at most a day. I think yeah. that would be like three hours before the workout, three hours after the workout and I'm done. <laughs> that's <Yep>. my plan. <laughs> and that, that's a great way to do it. And, you know, you could figure out what work, um, you like to do in the morning and which one in the afternoon. And, you know, I, I've played around with that a little bit and, mm -hmm. you know, some of the busy work, replying to emails, different things like that. It's great in the afternoon, but if I, you know, do that in the morning, it can like derail the whole day. Yeah. And I, I that. yes. Yeah. And it, I mean, I know that happens, but I still do it you know, once or twice a week, I'm like, Oh, I'll just, I need to look at this one email and then I'll see another one and then spiral out of control. Looking at emails that are just, I don't even, I shouldn't even open them, but I'm like opening them and then like making decisions. And I'm like, I should, I should just yes. delete the thing. So okay. the pain. I also right. heard about, uh, sorry to inter interrupt. I also heard about this uh, system that you can have like buffer days uh buffer days productive days and uh focus days buffer days and free days so uh, this is i i believe the system a lot of millionaires are doing and i'm leaning towards it it's just basically you work around three you have three focus days uh, per week or four and you like do all the stuff that's moving the needle for you around two or three buffer days where you work on email stuff like that and one day during which you do absolutely nothing. You don't even turn on the computer. So I'm also okay. thinking about, about something like this. Perfect. Yeah, actually that that's great. Um, my schedule, it, it does end up being kind of like that, except I just typically work like Tuesday to Thursday. And 
you know, I divide days up differently and usually maybe like a couple times a month, I'll end up doing a half day on like a Monday or a Friday. Like if someone can only do an interview on a Monday or something, then mm -hmm. I'll, I can be flexible, but yeah. And, and then if you can, so working five days a week is okay, but if you can, your goal should be four or three days probably. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe next year. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions or anything? Mm, I think, um, uh, can you tell me about uh, kind of your transition? What was it before for you? You were like working 80 hours as well. And how, how did you like come up with what you are doing right now? With Good your question. System? So I, at one point in time, when I first started working online, I probably was working maybe 60, 70 hours a week. So yeah. I would, you know, wake up early, do work on my websites and, you know, do some research, whatever I needed to do. Then I'd work my normal full day. The great part is at the time I was already working remotely, maybe 50 to 90% of the time. So I had a lot of flexibility during the day and I was able to, during downtime, I was able to work on my website more. So I would also work in the evenings occasionally and on the weekends as well. Like you, I was totally obsessed with some of the stuff that I was um, working on. So it was pretty fun and it was no big deal to work over the weekends. I would like wake up early and, and even, you know, work yeah. six in the morning on a Saturday for a couple hours before the day got started. And then by the time I got laid off and started working for myself full time, I was already sort of tapering down and I was high enough in like middle management that I, I actually delegated almost everything that I did to my team. So I had a couple okay. meetings and it was tons of free time. Then I worked really hard as I was growing the business, maybe for like a couple years, but I was still only, I think I was probably working like 30 to 40 hours a week then pretty normal, a little bit less than normal, <laughs> taking days off here and there. And then as I'm also interested in the financial independence stuff. So as I move further into financial independence, where work is totally optional, just live off your investments. Then I was like, okay, I don't, I don't even need to do this. So then you could choose projects that you want to work on or people that you want to work with and then take it from there, which changes everything. Cause then you have to look at whether you would do the work for free or not because yeah. you're not doing it for money. So why are you doing it? It's only because you would want to. Mm -hmm. So as I realized that I was like, I need to, I need to take more time off. And it's really easy because I do enjoy some of the stuff I work on. It's really easy to like come down to the basement and just like look at the computer mm -hmm. and like do a bunch of stuff that I don't actually need to do. So it has been tough because you're, you know, you're still, you're still thinking like, oh, I can do this thing and earn $2,000 for like minimal amount of work. Like, why not do it? But again, I mean, I, like I struggle with that because you can do work and earn money and like produce something valuable, but then you could also just go for a walk and play with your pigeon or whatever. Yes, exactly. So. That's, that's kind of the thing I'm, yes, struggling with, with as well. 
And yeah. I also, regarding the project, I also want to, but I, I guess starting in 2023, I, I also want to create a bunch of affiliate sites mm -hmm. together together with my husband. So we, we have a plan. He created a plan, but yeah, we, we lack time <laughs> to yeah. execute on that. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the other thing. It's like, there's so many things like we want yeah. to work on, but like I said, you can do all of them, but you just can only really do a couple of them at one time. Otherwise, you'll go crazy. You'll get burned out. Yeah, so. Exactly. All right. So I think we're at the end of time now. So um, we should probably do another update, I think maybe sooner than than later. And, you know, with the recent Google uh, update, which you could say just about any time of year, we uh, potentially can get an update from you and see what you're seeing out there, mm -hmm. or any advice that you have, if you'll join me back before too long. So um, any, any final words, where can uh, people find you, Olga? So uh, I am on Twitter at Olga Zarechna and, uh, and seoslide.com. This is my website. So, and I have a new YouTube channel as well, SEOSlide. You just type SEOSlide, you will find me. And once I launch a podcast, uh, I would like uh, to have you. Sure, yeah. <laughs> One of my first guests, so. <laughs> Kill me in. Very good. Yeah. yeah, and we'll link up for everything um, in case people have trouble spelling or pronouncing yes. your name, because I, I, I know I do. Tricky, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. So thank you. It was, it was cool talking to you. Thanks to Olga for the update and be sure to check out SEO Sly, which I uh, definitely mangled and mispronounced the first time that I talked to Olga and probably the third and fourth time. I just consistently messed it up and still in my head, I want to mispronounce it. Uh, I'm not sure why. But anyway, it's a great blog. She's put a lot of time into it. The content over there is long form and excellent. And it's cool to hear how much work she's been doing. She did set out to do, you know, a little bit more, but she got a huge amount done. It just goes to show like, even if, you know, things take a little longer, other things come up in life and you don't have quite as much time. If you just keep working on whatever your tasks are, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, even if you get a little off track, if you keep making consistent progress along the way, it can pay off in a very clear way with results. And I emphasized it in the interview, but it is so interesting that Olga was able to essentially skip the sandbox in a very competitive field where her competitors are supposed to be good at SEO because she was writing about SEO and she was able to come in, skip the sandbox, get traction via social media, and then start ranking pretty amazing, very amazing. And then she was able to start publishing, like I said, on search engine journal or Roundtable or what, whichever blog it was and other places as well. So she's really made a name for herself and you will see her around more and more. If you have any specific questions that you want me to ask Olga the next time, or you have any suggestions, thoughts, or ideas, you can shoot me an email at feedback. It's feedback at doug.show. So the email is feedback at doug.show. Of course, you could also reach out to Olga directly. You can head over to her blog, sign up for that email list. You can uh, pick her on Twitter or whatever, whatever medium you want to get in touch with her on. And I think that mostly covers things overall. 
One side note, I'm in a rambly mood this afternoon. Funny thing, we're about to go to a dance class, group dance class. If you don't listen to my other podcast, it's called Mile High Fi. And I recently did an episode with my co-host, Carl Jensen, about taking dance classes and trying things that make you uncomfortable and are slightly scary. And dancing does both of those things and uh, many other feelings of anxiousness. But I've been taking those lessons and I still can't dance very well. But I get out there and I give it my best shot. It is, uh, I should do a video of it because I'm sure I look like a fucking, you know, like a toddler learning to walk, something like that. You could just picture, you know, it's like I'm about to lose my balance. I'm concentrating really hard. I feel like other people are watching me, but they're not. They're, they're trying their best. Although my wife, she, uh, she watches me and she's, I mean, I'm dancing with her. So, uh, you know, she doesn't have a choice, but to look at me. And I think she's getting a little bored with it because she's a little bit more of an advanced dancer. That's a very, an extremely generous way to put it. But, uh, you know, she, she's along for the ride and I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. So anyway, we're about to go, go take these dance classes. And if you want to hear more about the background, you can check out Mile High Fi. It's a podcast. It's on all the directories. It's over on YouTube as well. But I talk, uh, it's a fairly short episode, maybe like 20, 30 minutes about taking the dance class and doing things outside your comfort zone, sometimes far outside your comfort zone that are unrelated to e- even things that you think are interesting. And, uh, you know, I gave the dance class lessons to my wife as a gift. And it actually turned out to be pretty fun. I mean, I, like I said, I'm I'm not good at it, but it is fun. And I got over like sort of the jitters and it is getting me out of that comfort zone. So I would potentially, you know, try to dance at a place knowing that I would look like a, you know, a fool, uh, just like before, but, uh, just maybe I'm a little bit more aware of where I put my feet and uh, what I'm supposed to do. That's the hope. <laughs> That's the hope anyway. So I, I don't remember any other things I was going to talk about, but it's a pretty funny it's a funny, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a dancer. It's a funny scene to picture and I, I laugh at myself even. So, all right, I won't ramble on too much more. Check out Olga's blog. If you have any show suggestions, thoughts, feedback, you can send me an email, feedback at doug.show and I'll catch you on the next episode.